welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the whole Criffin Thakatillo. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to talk about Fate of the Jedi, Book 3, Abyss, chapters 25, through the prologue at the end, to finish the third book in the Fate of the Jedi series. Did How you, about that? Did you catch what you just did? No. what I do? Yeah, you said prologue. Ah, epilogue. Yeah. The after one. The, the, the one that comes at the end. Well, if there was a prologue, I read it again. <laughs> <laughs> this week, chapters 25 through 28, and the epilogue to finish off, yeah, our 12th book of the podcast, and the first third... Of this new series that you've never read before. Thoughts so far? Well, this book over the la- or the previous two of this series definitely cranked it up a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely did some good things for me. This book got weird. Yeah. And speaking of which, previously on Forever Canon. Wait. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and such. Luke proves to be less than Jason again. Skywalkers reunite with their last three losses. Han regrets Alana growing up, immediately endangers her life. Abeloth is ready to leave. Vistara slaps the master. (laughs) That was last week. This week, we start with chapter 25. With Ben and Luke, woken up from mind-walking beyond shadows, TM, capitals all capitals everything's capitals to find themselves severely dehydrated and uh, strengthily diminished Mm -hmm. so is ben's guide rondi the woman that he handcuffed to the floor uh in case you don't remember that put her life in grave danger purposely to achieve his goals Something that he has to face right away, coming back out of the... Yeah, because she's sitting in the corner. The whole thing is, like, they've been gone for a couple days, Ben and Rondi. Luke, for weeks, they end up getting to later. But they're, like, uh, Ben, having been hooked up to an IV for two days, is all dehydrated and lips split stuff that we were talking about. And every other previous chapter when they're looking at all the mind walkers and stuff, right? Shows how crazy the time is there because it was like an hour, maybe. I don't know. It was like a chapter. Yeah. And then, but he's <laughs> and been he's gone like, for days. I've been days. gone for days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, he handcuffed this lady to the floor with no nutrients or anything yeah. at all, right? So he has to come back to reality after his psychedelic trip and face the fact that he was a terrible person right before he left born of fear and fear of the people trying to steal all his stuff, trying to kill his dad, his dad having been gone for a long time, fear of going crazy, right? All kinds of mm-hmm. reasons why he was like, yeah, I'm going to lock her to the floor and weld her brother shut in a room. Yeah. He has to face that right away. And with his dad right there too. And he deals with that, you know, in a few sentences and then it's not mentioned again for the rest of the book as things get out of hand from here on out he wasn't he didn't really endanger her life though because when he when he sets her free he just goes boop right the things weren't locked right yeah he He she could have gotten out of it sure but the way that that. that's his interpretation what i'm saying Yeah, yeah yeah like that's what he says when he looks at you know more calmly after the fact everything that he did like, oh, oh whoops, <laughs> that was, I went a little bit too far there type of stuff, right? Yeah. But you're right, the stun cuffs, or not, they weren't stun cuffs, the handcuffs weren't locked. She was just magnet clamped to the floor in them. She could have just like, boop, chin bumped at the microphone like I just did. Yeah. And uh, unlocked herself. But she didn't know that. She was locked to the floor. How about that? What a nice Jedi. Anyways, all of them are so weak from having been gone beyond shadows, in fact, that Luke lacks the strength to open his space Capri Sun slash Kool-Aid Jammer. Yeah. He can't get it open. He can't put the straw He's in so it. He's so weak, he can't get the straw in his juice box. 
<laughs> so Ben has to do it. For, I just thought that was really. Like, I thought that was good. It was kind of funny. Like, and it is like a. Oh man. <laughs> it is a, a measure of strength. I don't know if Troy Dunning has children or not, but like. I have a five-year-old and a nine-year-old, and one of them can open their own Kool-Aid jammers. <laughs> But then again, maybe not, because when he was trying to do it the other day, the nine-year-old, squeezing it as hard as he can in his one hand <laughs> while trying to jam the straw in, and I, sitting on my couch, and I'm going, stop <laughs> yeah. and think. Anyways, that's how weak Luke Skywalker is right now. The Grandmaster, most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, is so weak, he can't even crack a Capri Sun right now. Ben compares the Mind Walk trip to... Uh, triple heroin, maybe. Yeah, yeah, some sort of drugs. <laughs> yeah, triple. He's like a triple shot of some, 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 and his dad goes, "What? <laughs> how do you?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. Uh, I was just exaggerating," yeah. which is so funny. And it's a a joke from the office that I always think of whenever something like this gets pointed out. But people all the time will make the comparison, like. Oh man, you should watch Battlestar Galactica. It's like Star Wars on steroids. <laughs> or it's like Star Wars on crack. Yeah. Clearly I've never done crack or steroids. So what comparison are you really trying to make, right? Yeah. So this is exactly that. He's like, oh my God, that experience of mind walking was like a triple shot of heroin. And his dad goes, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's left with the most common posts post psychedelic experience question which is was that real man was everything we did real did we really go talk to mom and i got to meet anakin and we talked to jason was that real you know all that very important emotional stuff that happened yeah time for detective ben he starts gathering evidence and let's get the facts straight with Detective Ben. Number one, he says, we all saw the same things on our trip. Mm-hmm. Case closed. <laughs> that's that's about as far as he looks into it, right? And uh, Ben says, the place felt so real, and so did the scary thing from his childhood at two years old from the shelter. All of that felt very real. Luke says something to the effect of, Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it doesn't matter if it was or not. Right? Yeah. Which is kind of a good landing spot for an experience like that. It do, Does it really matter if that was or wasn't actually those people? Yeah, it's... As far as something like that goes, I would think that your perception of it is what actually matters or what yeah. you take away from it. That's exactly correct. What you decide to do with that information is what matters. What you decide to believe is what really matters and is going to, you know, color your your own perspective and your own decision making moving forward. Coming out of an experience like this where your mom's dead face floats to the top of the lake and you have a chit chat with her and she's yeah. like, hey, let go of that hate and don't be a bad guy. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to, to not. Yeah, there's no reason to doubt that. Yeah. there's well, well, you know, whether or not you doubt if she was real. There's no reason to not internalize that advice anyways, even if it was from like nonsense land, you know, yeah. even if it was make believe Mara, it's good advice anyways, but case closed. It seems pretty real. Rondi, his captured person who led him on the trip to catch up with his dad beyond shadows. Rondi says all this thing that's happening with your Jedi, blah, blah, blah. Your Jedi aren't going crazy. They're just simply returning home. Not at all reassuring. Nope. Not even a bit. But it does seem reasonable or right. It seems yeah, correct. To with everything that's going on, yeah. Yeah, to the, to the characters, it seems right. They're like, hmm. But the question is, why is it happening now? They instantly answer that question a sentence and a half later. Because... Centerpoint got destroyed. Mm -hmm. And Abelot's black hole prison is <laughs> off kilter and compromised. Yeah, it's destabilizing. Now, 
you know, they're not thinking in that term of it's a prison for this tentacle feeling. No. We, with the uh, the pulled back meta view of the overall narrative, understand that pretty simply. But for them, oh yeah, why is this happening? And then they immediately put it together. Center point was destroyed, you know? And Ben says, it's like they opened a hatch and suddenly whatever we felt in shelter started leaking out. Maybe reaching out beyond the maw. Yeah, it's fucking tentacle rodeo bro yeah uh, snake rodeo snake rodeo oh, i said the wrong, i said the wrong way <laughs> tentacular failure but <laughs> i mean in all seriousness they don't know they don't know abeloth's name no luke and ben we have this information from the extra interactions with her and the not one sith what are they the lost tribe of yeah we get to see everything that's going around in the galaxy rather than just their narrow viewpoint. Yeah, like, they're just... They only get to, so far, experience her in Ghost World. Yeah. Like, they go to the ethereal plane and get to go to the Magic Mountain with the lake and the geyser of bubbling brown shit. Yeah, the font of power. Yeah, the fountain of knowledge and the decision of making and the... Yeah, the... The, all those the being of choosing all that all that stuff but they don't know Avaloth's name and we don't know much about her at all no even with our extra knowledge of you know yeah. having a bird's eye view on the lost tribe narrative just that she's super powerful seems dark to me disguises herself and can apparently reach across the galaxy she claims she's been stuck on that planet for 30 years or whatever. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's all we know. And that's seems underrated. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's yeah. probably been there for a lot longer. She seems like a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we just have a fraction more knowledge about her than Luke and Ben do at this point. They've had similar enough experiences with her to be almost caught up to us, the reader and in, in information they just don't know her name or maybe the scope of her power mm-hmm. quite as much as we do. But, you know, we're just assuming the Ma is a prison for her. Seems it makes seems sense. It makes sense. And now it's time to let Rondi's brother out of his welded bomb prison. Speaking of prisons. Rondi runs right up to the room and someone on the other side shoves a red lightsaber through her fucking face. Hey, as he, as she's talking, just comes out of her head. Yeah, Ben's looking at her, and then all of a sudden, he just sees a red circle of light through the back of her head. <laughs> like how jarring! Yeah, and it was quite frankly pretty shocking too. Yeah, you I know, wasn't ready for it. No, I thought these. I thought the Sith were way f- further away. Like I don't know how big the Maw is. I thought they were on a you know another side of it whatever or or these guys are like i don't know i don't understand the geography of where everybody is well yeah well because we as human beings are our measure of distance is not spatial Uh, but you know what (laughs) even even disregarding that simple inaccessibility of extrapolating the distance like that i can't even until the last two years of my life place the municipalities correctly around our own County. That's true. So <laughs> it's also just me at yeah, the same yeah. time as it is like a difficult thing to wrap your head around, like a galactic scale of yeah placement. I deal with that a lot more now. I look, I spend a lot of time looking at a map. Well, sure. Right. But, but uh, yeah, just... I just, I don't know. They're here. <laughs> Point being, here they are. The yeah. Sith are here already. I guess Ben was gone beyond shadows for a few days, right? Luke's, they've been at the station for weeks, for maybe weeks. almost a month. Yeah, it was, it was just three weeks. Something like something that. Something like that. Right. And so, red lightsaber through Rondi's face. And uh, the quiet <laughs> chit-chat, post-mission, post-mortem, trying to understand what psychedelic experience we all just had well that could have been really bad for luke and ben 
gets cut off, zoom, lightsaber in your face. Like one day later, them waking up, dead. Well, they don't wake up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, hey, how come we can't go back to our bodies? <laughs> and then the faces come out of the lake and they're like, yeah, you're fucked, bud. Yeah, yeah, there's no body. One of us, one of us. Lightsaber in the head. At which point, Ben's danger sense goes off. A little late. Mm-hmm. Which I thought kind of uh, purposeful again. He comes out of this trip with with uh, with like guilt on his mind, guilt about anger and holding on to anger over Jason based on his mom telling him to let it go. He comes out of this trip feeling guilty about being bad to people. Mm-hmm. type of thing right and then what ends up happening he gets these two people killed yeah where we talked about it a lot in the last series you have this string of incidental deaths caused by ben skywalker interspersed with actual killings by him like, yeah you know a lot of the time it's it's been a, a, a ejection seat oh yeah <laughs> all kinds of just accidental things right yeah but then there's also moments where he assassinates the prime minister of Karelia, or he smashes a tie fighter with a giant slab stone mm-hmm. but here you know his actions caused quite directly these two people to die and i just wonder if we're gonna hang on to that you know going forward give him something to give ben something to feel bad about as a character development at the yeah. end of this first arc here give him a give him a chance for some more of that growth that he's lost a little bit of at the beginning of this series <laughs> yeah well we're just gonna retrace our steps at that point i guess hey but yeah. the other thing too is that giving him this this negativity at the end of I mean, I, I'm counting this right now as the the culmination of tracking Jason's steps. Mm-hmm. They're essentially done doing that now. There, there's there's an Abeloth out in the world, right? There's bigger fish to fry. So I think, like at this point, they're like, "Oh, this is when he decided he needed to go do things and stopped on his journey, anyways." So all along this journey, Luke and Ben have been going they've gone this is the fourth place third place third, third place boat. yeah <laughs> right so you go to the uh the keldor temple at the beginning and ben you know struggles overcomes adversity succeeds we go to the ang t and ben largely kind of left in the background of that yeah. experience like that was mostly run by master luke skywalker and then we come into the third experience, which has the heaviest emotional balance at the end of it. You talk to Jason, you meet Anakin, you talk to your mom, all three deceased. And then he comes out of that with this extra little bit of guilt, knowing all along, holding this hate for Jason and what Jason did is obviously wrong. Yeah. You know, he didn't need his mother in the lake to tell him that. He knew it in his subconscious, but now it's brought to the, the the forefront. And then right away we start getting hooks for guilt for him. Yeah. Like as soon as he comes out of the trip, he's like, oh yeah, maybe I was a little bit harsh to her. And then her brother's killed and she gets <laughs> stabbed in the face right in front of him. And then his danger sense goes off a second later. Yeah. You know, like just another little hook. To make him feel extra bad about it when the time comes to contemplate and reflect, maybe. I don't know, you know. Yeah, he... I might be looking too much. Yeah, he he does... He's definitely... I, I'm hoping, anyways, that this carries over a little bit and affects his decisions for the next place that he's going to go. Or maybe when they run into run into the, the Sith mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> but when they in a more permanent way yeah that he has a little bit of maybe not so much compassion but maybe more maturity yeah not just you're evil you almost die kind of but yeah like you'd think 
like we've said many times before, he learned all that in the last series mm-hmm. when he was a child soldier, brainwashed and tortured and nearly turned to the dark side mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe this time it'll stick. But what this I think is going to hopefully do, and we kind of see it throughout the rest of the this book, is that it's sh- going to maybe shift Ben forward more in, into his own spotlight in the yeah. narrative where it's been Luke and Ben, Luke and Ben, Luke and Ben. And then by the time we're coming through these last chapters, he's in the lead of everything. Mm-hmm. And chapter 26, four red lightsabers are cutting their way through the wall of the, I hope you guys can hear the thunder outside. Yeah, they might've picked it up. On but my they're mic. cutting their way through the wall of uh, whatever room Luke and Ben are in, in this place where, where they went mind walking. They're, Four red lightsabers are cutting through metal faster than Luke can cut through glass. Yeah. Interesting. And that's like Luke shoves that little note in his back pocket. He kind of files that away. And yeah. he's like, that's neat. Got work to do. <laughs> Anyways, he can't even cut glass. And yet he wants to take one of these super lightsaber wielders prisoner. They're both weakened from their trip. Capital T. Don't mm. forget. Guy couldn't even open a Capri Sun five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But now he's like, let's take prisoners. <laughs> Eight intruders in full combat rated vac suits carrying lightsabers. And then I thought about this. My immediate go-to to picture the vac suit is like the big stupid astronaut suits that we have now, right? Yeah. And I was like, what did their suits actually look like? Later on, it gets said that they're form-fitting. Yeah. And I just... It's got to be a hard helmet and a visor, right? Because that's said. Yeah, they mentioned the So do they all just look like super sleek, badass motorcycle riders? Yeah. (laughs) Out in space? Yeah. I'm thinking it's like one of those... Biker mice from Mars? Yes. But less earrings? It's like 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 one of the... um, the Rogue Squadron flight suits with a glass helmet on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, right? But they're also like these are they're combat rated, so they're like more flexible, tear or resistant, and, st- and and that kind of thing. Like yeah. they can take a bit of a stab before they puncture. Or Luke says later, like they have some self sealing properties and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, if you can do that with a bike tire. Ooh, wouldn't you want to do that with your astronaut suit? Yes, <laughs> your you space would. Suit? Yeah, just go ahead and self seal that little leak. That's going to be my definite death. Mm-hmm. You know, automatic. Cool technology. That's all I'm saying. Sci fi. Okay, sci fi, guys. Form fitting motorcyclists in space. Not mice. Here's another question for you When was the last time anyone. Saw eight red lightsabers in the same place. Oh, boy. Thousands of years? <laughs> I would argue yes. Yeah. Since this this might be, you know, the first time since the Lost Tribe got lost For that them. there were this many trained Sith with red lightsabers in one place. At one time. Because yeah. when does the Lost Tribe, when, like, because I know there's a book. When does that take well, place? Well, it's a series of mini, um, what, what the fuck do you call it? Short stories. Yes. <laughs> mini stories. And they're really good. They, they span history. Okay. They span from the war where they get lost through their survival up in the trees on Kesh to their they're coming down and dominating the predators and then colonizing with the natives and stuff like that all the way up to i think vistara and ari i think we get introduced to the two of them okay now there is an important thread running all the way through that theme an important theme running through the short stories is Reflected in what we see with Vestara and Ari at the beginning of, of, of meeting them, these two out-of-place um, possible lovers that can't po- that can't possibly work because they're from two different places, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
Ari is a native and she is a Sith. Romeo and Juliet. Jaina is a Jedi and Jag is a politician. All, exactly. The Romeo and Juliet theme, the star-crossed lovers that it, it, it couldn't possibly be, right? Yeah. And that runs heavy through those short stories, too. But, yeah, they're fucking great. <laughs> and it's like 400 pages of just drinking this weird new Sith that we're going to get to when we get when you start up this book series, right? Yeah. But maybe thousands of years yeah. since anyone saw that many red lightsabers other than... Ooh, why can I not remember her name? Our 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 limpy Twi'lek friend who went to go visit the one Sith on Korriban. Uh yeah. What? I why know he's so bad at this point. Limpy leg missing half a Leku. Oh, what is her goddamn name? I did for some reason Lumaya's name keeps popping <laughs> into my head. All I can think is Nawara Ven. <laughs> or or Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I really seriously can't get get her name. No, that's that's terrible. We just read a whole book series with but, her in it. But maybe she saw that many lightsabers. Yeah, because right? the last one that I remember reading it was the Darth Bane stuff. Right before Darth Bane became Darth Bane, when there was a Sith Academy. In, yeah, uh, on Korriban. Yeah, right. So the original. Sith. Yeah. Bef- pre pre rule of 2. Well, but also pre old republic. Yes. Right? Because yeah, I believe so. Because like Revan and Malik are after Bane. No, no, no. No. So it's after the first Maybe yeah. it's after maybe Bane happens after these Sith get lost. Yeah, oh yeah. It, it, it's got to. Yeah, because I'm looking at the at the book thing in the front. It's got uh, Lost Tribe of the Sith. And then, like, looks like about two, three thousand years later, you have Darth Bane. So Darth Bane's a thousand years before, before New Hope. Well, that's really interesting. So definitely, watching these people cut their ways into this room with the four lightsabers, and then here they are. There's eight of them all together, and I just can't imagine when was the last time anybody saw such a thing in the galaxy other than Sith themselves. And Luke is so Luke and Ben are so surprised by it. There's not even stories. Lomi Plo. She kills Lomi Plo. What is her fucking name, dude? Well, I'm going to, because we're both dumb. I'm going to look it up. We'll keep talking. Eight red lightsabers is all you need to know. Here comes the pizza. Action ensues. Ben cuts a Kashiri hand off before impaling that same woman. And then he and Luke escape the closing doors, Indiana Jones style. Luke says this about these red lightsaber wielders. Whoever these guys are, they're not idiots. (laughs) High praise from the Grandmaster. Yeah. Do you have anything to report yet? Not yet. I'll let you know. Chapter 27. (laughs) We cut from the perspective of the Jedi being chased by the Sith to Vistara and the Sith chasing the Jedi. Not the Jedi, the Skywalkers. Vistara's simple orders are to catch the Skywalkers with grenades. How hard can it be? Remember? (laughs) Vistara and Lady Rhea. Her name is Alemarar. Son of a bitch! (laughs) Oh, email me at uh, forevercanpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how stupid I am. Yeah, yeah, because I had to look it up and it took me like five minutes. Yeah, here's the thing. We both just read those books, right? Mm Mm-hmm. When did we finish them? Like December. Yeah, if... It's been a good six months. Yeah. She's been dead for a while before that. And... I'm the dumber one because I've written her name down like a hundred times in the 40, <laughs> 50 pages of notes that I have, right? <laughs> Anyways, Alemarar yeah. might have been the last person to see this many goddamn red lightsabers in one room. Because she did go meet with like a whole group of the Sith. Yeah, but she talked her way I out I think of she it. only just had one person 
attack her. Yeah, she kind of talked her way out of it. So she saw that many Sith, but not that many active lightsabers at yes. once. And so back to Vestara's perspective, catch the Skywalkers with grenades. How hard can it be? Her and Lady Rhea, her master, mm-hmm. slap woke their whole team onto this new plan. Hey, man, look at all the things that Abeloth did. She's clearly trying to trap us. Smack, 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 smack. Yeah. They're awake. <laughs> We're not going to capture them. We're going to kill them instead. Yeah, the new plan is kill the Skywalkers and bail without ship or Abeloth. The new plan is get out of here. Cut ties and bounce. Yep. Before more bad things happen. But here we are, you know, on a space station with ideally, or uh, not ideally, assumedly, our pick of ships. Mm -hmm. So we'll leave capital S ship behind, TM, right? Everything's got a proper name. Sounds like the wisest plan, truly. I mean, truly. Yeah. Get away from her. Get away from this place, Abeloth, her, place, the mall. Get away. <laughs> and just go home and say, not worth it. Yeah. I don't know. Not worth it. Go get killed. Go home and get killed. Way better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, they're, they're going to be failures and they're going to probably face execution. It's a harsh, bad guy uh, culture. Those are her primary orders, Vistara. Her secondary orders are to kill Zal and Ari, team rival. If they do um, anything, really. Yeah. <laughs> if they go against orders, murder them. Yeah. If they look like they're going to go against orders, murder <laughs> if them. If he steps in the wrong direction, murder him. Yeah. If he looks at her, kill his ass. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just, just like, murder. Hey, if they do anything, just be ready to kill them because I really want to kill them. A question hangs amongst the Sith. A question that we've asked for the last two episodes. Why does Abeloth want the Skywalkers so badly? Mm-hmm. And like I said, good question. I think I heard a couple smart guys asking it last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some guys that couldn't fucking remember a Lemon Rower's name. Quick side note, though. As Vastara arms her special Skywalker grenades, little Sith trickaroo. She's seen Luke and Ben's faces so many times, quote, in briefings. She has seen their faces, quote, so many times. Last chapter, Luke ended the chapter by going, whoever these guys are, they're no idiots. Yeah. So again, we have this imbalance of information between, you know, two battling parties. They don't know Abeloth's name, you know, but they're trying to find out about her. These Sith know everything probably about Luke and Ben Skywalker if they've been studying them in briefings. Yeah, anything that's probably in public record. Which is probably a lot. Yeah. And so you have this imbalance of power of information, which is, again, another theme that that just runs through. I mean, it's it's a common theme in it. Any novel, in any work of fiction, in any art, you want some people to know some things and some people not, right? Yeah. So that you can, it's just to create tension. But I just thought those two direct, that direct contrast of those two things, where she is so sick of seeing their faces (laughs) and Luke's like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah. Like that's a, just a very stark contrast. And I just wonder if not knowing anything about these Sith is ever going to come back to bite the Jedi in the ass. But why, seriously, does Abeloth want the Skywalker so bad? And I don't remember or know, but all I can think of right now is from the Angti garbage pile. When he touched the special metal pyramid. Yeah. And he went Super Saiyan for a moment. And she was like, that's over 9,000. And she starts snake rodeo out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She She wants him. He's way too strong. I need him for some reason. Maybe it's the whole Palpatine thing. Turn him over. But what about this that I just thought of? Okay. (laughs) Ship was with Abeloth on that planet for X amount of time before she teamed up with the Sith. Mm Mm-hmm. Ship knows Ben Skywalker very well. Yeah. And was in Jason's possession and yada, yada, yada. I wonder if or what I mean. 
not if he would, of course, have been forced to her will. I wonder what information Avaloth got out of ship about Luke and Ben Skywalker. Maybe that is something oh. hidden in the background that is really what has riled up her interest. Yeah, that no some one knows but her. Actual, some true information, coupled with the fact that he went God mode, IDKFA, mm-hmm. or IDGAF, sorry. IDKFA is walking through walls. We're talking about Doom, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a Doom podcast. Anyways, I have no idea where I'm at in my notes. But I do know this. The Sith have an informational advantage. It's all in capitals in my notes. Okay, so the scene. All of this is just talking about what people are thinking. What actually happens yeah. in this chapter? Uh, stun nades are thrown. Vistara sees a floating Skywalker after the stun grenades go off. She thinks, aha, I'll get that one. She also sees Master Zal from Team Rival heading her way. So she kills his ass. Yep. With their special uh, yeah, like glass ornate dagger. glass dagger where the handle breaks off and it's like a fuck you middle yeah. finger type of death. She kills his ass. She sees a Skywalker of some sort slice Ari in half, trap a dude inside his hidey hole with his own nades, which is bad news in case you don't know that. Luke grabs Vestara's wrist. She slices his face open, and then Ben lands a KO punch on her. Yeah. Frantic grenade fight in a hallway, three murders and a KO and a kidnapping, because Vestara is a child. Yes. Don't forget, she's 16, maybe 15. Yeah, she's a kid. She's the same age as Ben. Luke and Ben Skywalker just kidnapped a Sith child. (laughs) And I don't blame them. No, no. The reason why he wants prisoners is to figure out what is happening. (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? Who are you is is a good first question. Yeah, where did you come from? Where did you go? (laughs) Chapter 28. Luke is sustaining himself with the force. Stop me if this sounds familiar. He's drawing in so much energy to himself that he feels white hotness inside of him, tingling every cell of his being, bursting with energy. Much like Anakin Skywalker. And then I think back to all the times we've sat across these three books how it's pointed out how Luke is nearing the end of his natural life. Yes. And then he does this. And I just think, danger. Yeah. And there's a... He's so exhausted from the trip. I think... He has to sustain himself with the force. Yeah. Oh, it is right at this part where he's... As he's going through this and he's thinking of all the times he's had to do it and all these different things. And he's like, I got... I still got decades and I still got years, decades left that I'm going to have to do this a hundred more times. That's right. A weird little flip around. And at the end of that thought though, that series of thoughts. Yeah. Which is really great though, because he's like, yeah, there was that time on the Death Star and there was that time on uh, another planet. On, and a, on Hoth. Time and, on Hoth. And there's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. And then at the end of it, he goes, but I know I have to stay alive for the future, for whatever. Mm -hmm. In that moment, reflecting on all the times, yes, that he has cheated death already, he's like, I know I have to do it again. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like, oh, what what a power move it would be, though, to axe Luke Skywalker in the third book of a nine-book series. Oh, that would be crazy. Oh, it would be filthy. But that can't happen in the larger narrative because the larger villain, larger than the Sith, is interested in Luke Skywalker. Yes. Right? So, like, there's levels of plot armor. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much count on him being safe from the Sith until at least Abeloth gets her hands on him. Yeah. You know, one way or the other. At least that's how it's being set up. In the text, so far. maybe we'll see him die in book eight or nine. Yeah, um, maybe. Also, he tells Ben that he intentionally took that slash across the face from Vistara. 
Ooh. Some sort of grandmaster chess move. Oh, see what I did there? Yeah, I got That's you. That's a pun. All right. It's a long <laughs> run back to the shadow with a half-dead man and a snoozing teenager, even in low gravity. And Ben basically dragging them both. Yep. And a little bit of Sith pursuit knocks Vistara from their grasp. Ben says, okay, time to dump the girl like he's ever had a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's like, this is this getting a prisoner thing is becoming more trouble than it's worth. Let's stop doing it. Ben also feels ship looking for the Skywalkers, which must be horrifying. Yeah. Real, just like this more power, this, this, this strange, powerful entity is looking for me on behalf of a larger, stranger, more powerful entity. Yeah, Again, but, levels of it. Yeah, right? but Ben doesn't know that. No, and he doesn't. But that's what I mean. Having that, the layers of information, even just he's one layer up knowing ship is looking for me. That's scary. Not knowing what the Sith know. Abeloth wants the Skywalkers and ship is working on her yeah. behalf, right? But even just knowing that ship is looking for him. He's like, we got to drop this girl. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah, there are Sith coming. That's when he finds out. He that tells Sith. Luke. They're Sith. Q stock answer, but the Sith come in too. Yeah. Right. He tells Luke also that this little tidbit of information could be the whole Thakatillo. You know, the big secret, Ben explained. The reason Jason went dark, the reason the shelter Jedi are going Barbie, the reason the freaking Sith keep coming back. Now that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, because this shit is big time. Instant <laughs> analysis. Is Ben possibly right on those three comments? Is this whole thing happening here? I'm pointing at you over the microphone stand very awkwardly. Yeah, well, it's better than punching the microphone stand. <laughs> Is what's happening here in the Maw the whole reason for Jason's downfall? Um, is that possible? I think I think it is, but it's because of the he saw it happening, like he saw it in his vision or whatever, right. and so. He went dark to prevent this from happening. But I'll say this again. Never mentioned any of it once in the last series when we no, were inside his head all. the whole time while he was falling to the dark side. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. It's okay to retcon moving forward because you have to write new stories. But it is possible. Yeah. Number two. Is it possible that this explains what's happening with the shelter Jedi? Yeah, check. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> check. Fucking strike. Bullseye. Sports reference. <laughs> Touchdown. Check wasn't. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> he just he throws his arms. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Time to dump that girl, Dad. Oh God. Okay, now, third point. How could this be tied to infinite Sith? How can what's happening in the mob be tied to the never-ending resurgence of Sith within the galaxy? That one's a little harder. Um, that was more abstract. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is whatever she is in her black hole prison. <laughs> whatever she is. She is powerful enough that some of her essence her power whatever is like leaking out and inf just infecting people with that seed of hatred or whatever yeah like for how long though because she says she's only been there i don't for know 30 years but there's been sith in the galaxy for thousands i almost forgot to use words <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know sometimes we just gesture at each other yeah because <laughs> we do this podcast in a way a lot of people don't put out their digital media in person we we do this in person yes <laughs> four feet away from each other roughly 
Even in COVID times, ugh, Tim's in my bubbles. So yeah, don't worry about it. We we did have we did have a few. We had a whole book that we did. I know, right? We did a whole book on the phone, but you know, we have the special added sprinkles of sometimes we just nod at each other on the microphone. Yeah, or Tim yeah. gestures with his hands like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like you said, that's exactly to say went, words. Uh, and then I was like, oh wait, I don't know, I gotta say things. Oh, time to get serious though, because that's a really interesting third question. Yeah, because maybe it is true. Okay, let's assume that it's true. Then Abeloth is what the fuck? Yeah, she's right? ancient, <laughs> evil, and perpetual, and just f- ridiculously powerful. Some big, big questions here in Sinkhole Station. Luke sends Ben to prep the Jade Shadow while he goes after four Sith in an elevator way before Captain America's ass ever did it. <laughs> he tells Ben the same thing he told him but when he went beyond shadows. Go fire, go wait at the ship. If I don't come back, you got to go tell everybody what's happening, especially now because there's Sith here. And this is crazier than already crazy balls crazy that it was. Yeah, it's crazier than we even thought. Like you said to kick off this podcast, this book (laughs) really turns up the notch. Yeah. Turns up the notch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So Ben heads to the Jade Shadow to fire up the engines. Luke heads into the elevator, kills the two Sith men in an instant fires a bunch of shots into one guy's belly while he activates his lightsaber into another guy's head and then gets absolutely dominated by Vestara and Lady Rhea for a while. Yeah. He gets his ass beat in an alley. I guess it's an elevator, but you know the way I'm picturing. Yeah. He gets his ass kicked by these two women for good chunk of the fight and a good chunk of time and you know to uh reflect that theme again of these isolated powerful women and just how powerful they are and you know how how much agency they have and how much ability they have now to control the world around them compared to previous stories Mm -hmm. you know in decades past or years past vestara and lady Rhea beat the fucking shit ever loving ass off of Luke Skywalker yep. in an elevator. And the only thing that saves him is Ben saying, Hey, I gotta, I gotta shoot ship now. Yeah. So he shoots and it's very bright. He fires that ship. It blinds lady Rhea and Vistara. And then Luke dismantles lady Rhea. <laughs> yeah. Interesting point of order. He has some thought to himself right before he starts cutting her up that he's like, make it a a quick death or something like that. Yeah. But then he does this, cuts off a hand and then an arm or something. Yeah. He cuts off a body part, a body part, and then her head. Yeah, but at lightsaber speed. That's how you get the, that's how you get inside her to cut her head off. Yeah. But I was like, it was just so funny. The sentence before he's like. I'm going to make this a clean kill. A quick, a quick, painless death. Uh, arm, hand, ah, head. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a couple body parts and then the head. Yeah, you know, a couple, a couple, a couple amputations before a decap. But seriously, how badly does he get his ass kicked in that elevator? Oh, yeah, he gets he, stabbed. He, he gets, gets stabbed, he gets sliced, he gets lightsabered, he gets punched, kicked. Between their between their batarangs and their glass daggers and their red lightsabers, these and, and it's an it's a remark that Luke thinks to himself. These people are trained with the force and with their weapons at like it's all part of their body. Yeah, like it's all so natural. He didn't even notice the batarang coming to chop him open because nobody used their hands or even looked at the thing. They just you know so fluidly powerful in the force. Yeah, they knew where it was instinctually to grab it with the force and throw it at him. And so they beat the shit out of him in an elevator. It was great. Till Ben fires that ship. Luke cuts Lady Rhea apart while Vestara escapes. The near-dead Jedi, Luke Skywalker, escapes him with a little lightsaber salute. Yeah. 
Arm up in hey, the air. Hey, you win. Bye. And she bounces. And we get Sith versus Jedi. Our first taste of Sith versus Jedi in this book series. Mm-hmm. And look how strong they are. The difference being measurable compared to all the other Sith that we've seen in the history of the stories of Star Wars. Because going all the way back to having a full culture, a full population of these people. Yeah. Not just two. Like, this is a a force unseen in the galaxy for thousands and thousands of years. Where they can actually... And not just a group of Sith, but a group of Sith that work relatively cohesively together. Right, yeah, relatively for <laughs> sure. But they, yeah, they're they're structured, they're organized, they're well trained, and they are fluent in force. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, they they definitely is. It's definitely something that hasn't been seen. I. I pretty close to ever because even going back to Raven and Malik, they even they flip flopped all over the place. Yeah. And that was the two of them was more of a Sith civil war. Yeah. While the greater war against the Jedi was going on anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is of course, so Sith. Yes. Read Lady Rhea and masters all. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. There you go. But to have them, appear in force like this overwhelm you know a diminished Luke and Ben Skywalker but to have Vistara get away with like a tip of the cap a salute to Luke Skywalker that is a statement yeah to be made at the end of this book of look how formidable this foe is about to be for you a man who can't even go home. A yeah. man who can't even call for backup. Yeah, you and you don't even know. Speaking of isolated, the, you know. The scope of what they are capable of and how many there are. No, you have no idea. Nothing at all. That imbalance of power from information. You know nothing about them. They know a lot about you now that they've learned from ship. Mm-hmm. And maybe Abeloth has too. The epilogue. Has Jaina and Jag watching the news. Han's favorite Perry Needmo news hour. The Jedi escapees are safe, Jaina says. But here comes Javis Tear on the news with a new piece on Jag and Jaina. Right now. On the news. And it is, of course... The secret Mando secret exchange from the limo mm-hmm. filmed by the cleaning spy droid. Yikes. That's out on the news. Jane is worried. She says this is going to be problems. And about as uncharacteristically as you can. Jag says. That's politics. Yeah. I love you, Jaina. None of that matters to me. The only thing that matters is our relationship. Two books ago, he said, I will follow my career and do that and we'll be together somehow. What has changed between the two of them in this time? I guess maybe sharing that secret with her. You Um, know, maybe, maybe that. And he's like, this is solidified now. We're going down together no matter what happens, you know. Jag's conversation with Dala, maybe. he has, information. He, has no, he has no legal political recourse left anymore because she's unreachable, Dalla. Yeah. I don't know. He, but for him to just be like, none of that matters. Only you matter. He's trying to get his dick wet. Cut to <laughs> Luke Skywalker looks half dead to Ben. Wink. Oh. P.S. Like we said before, this is where it's mentioned. Luke was beyond shadow for weeks. Yes. An acid trip that might be hard to bounce back from. Mm-hmm. Ben has one question, though, for Daddy Luke. What did Jason see on the throne of balance? Well, that's a great question. It's an excellent question. Because that could be the motivating impetus for Jason's whole fall to the dark side. 
And it could be, you know, the missing piece of information that Ben doesn't have about their trip here. Great question. Luke's answer. Doesn't matter. Not to you. And it never will. Uh, but I just asked because it matters to me. Maybe it's important for me to know. Uh, dad, he tortured me. Uh, he tried to turn me in dark side. Dad. Yeah. Can I have an answer? What if the answer is it's, he saw Ben in dark, evil Sith clothes on the. Hey, turns out. Doesn't matter. Luke says it doesn't matter and it never will. And it doesn't matter to you. He tells his teenage son that doesn't matter to you and it never will. And I'm shaking my finger while I'm saying it because I can't imagine any other tone. Yeah, no. And it's, it's just going to make Ben want to look into it more. Duh. (laughs) Right. Maybe not. It's probably a couple books from now, but he's definitely going to look into it. It's going to be. Uh, or maybe it's not, but like, it's just so unnecessary. Yeah. He doesn't know what Jason saw on the throne. He only knows what the skeleton man told him, which was a dude in armor with a helmet and nobody saw his face, but Jason. Yeah. Ben was there when Jason told Luke, it wasn't Luke. So Ben already knows as much as you know. Just tell him you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter to you, and it never will. And it's at this point that this fantastic ending to this book is just sideswiped by this absolutely dumbass, obstinate answer. There's no good reason to not tell him i don't know yeah he luke doesn't have an answer he probably has a guess yep tell him i don't know yeah you don't have to tell him your extrapolation we fucking blaze through glory all the way to this ending for the last like five six chapters yep very intriguing mystery stuff hot action wild esoteric things that I can't understand and questions that are begged about this very interesting, uh, mythical almost character of Abeloth. And then you get the, the Sith and the Jedi collide. And then at the very end of the book, Luke Skywalker's being a dickhead again. Yeah. Just not like giving... he has so many times before, just not, given information or explained himself or whatever. I am. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that stupid trope of like the wizened monk needn't not explain of himself. Hey, fucking tell him you don't know. Just answer yeah. his question. How much more clear could it be to you, Luke Skywalker, that you are alone in the universe except for your son? literally right now yeah but also that's really all you have right mm-hmm. hey dad what did jason see on the throne of balance doesn't matter don't ever ask me again because it's never gonna matter his useless inability to share information once again when will he learn how many people must die what did jason see and where is zach find out next week when we review fate of the jedi book three abyss in its entirety and preview fate of the jedi book four backlash backlash for what uh i'm justin I'm Tim. It doesn't matter what your cousin saw. I got nothing. Yeah. Mm. That was The Rock. Yeah, I got it. All right. <laughs> Wrestling. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. 
Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.